friends are doing it. All your 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 friends are doing it. Best frequencies forever.
say. <laughs> Thank you. 
I'm Forrest Gas Station Engineer, and you're listening to BFF.FM.
Friends don't let friends operate community radio alone. BFF.FM is looking for volunteers to help power the little station that could. Check out BFF.FM slash volunteer.
like Young Lean, okay? <laughs> That's how we're starting this show. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Welcome. I'm not even going to let the track drop. Okay, good. Because, <laughs> no, it's the instrumental. That's okay. I've been there. Talk, 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 talk. Noise, noise, talk, noise. Talk, talk, talk. At noon. Hi. I'm so excited. Welcome back to Talking Noise at Noon. I am Lonel J. Vance. And today we have Dad, I hope you're listening. We have Board Lord in the building. Hi, hello, hello. We have Tom Marcy in the building, my unofficial, official, not official co-host. Like, what's the adjective or the noun you're gonna use? Um, hi, hello, happy to be here. Love BFF. <laughs> Welcome back to Radio Town. <laughs> Welcome back to Sound Town. <laughs> Population the airwaves. Sound town. Just left. So just left sound town. God, I love being a disc jockey. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. It's, it's pretty nice to disc a jockey here and there. I've just a couple jockeys. <laughs> just a couple jockeys in my day. Ooh. I am delirious, and we are going to talk about all sorts of things. We're here to do Muzak. Yeah, I mean, I drank so much tea already today that it's like, we're going to go off. Okay, so what are your caffeine levels? What, like, on a scale of 1 to 10 right now? Or, like, your tolerance? Yeah, to what's my your tolerance? To I mean, I drink tea a lot, but I think, like, what, it's before 1 p.m. and I drink two cups of tea. Yeah, it's like, yeah, probably. I'm, 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 I'm a lightweight when it comes to caffeine. I'm easily affected. Oh. I am not. But I do drink lots of sweet tea, so I don't know. <gasps> Maybe I'll make fig sun tea. Maybe you will. That sounds delicious. Love I figs. support you. I have figs that I uh, uh, redacted from Mothership's backyard. Yeah, there's a fig tree there. I picked figs. I handed them out at the club. I ate a fig on the dance floor of Mothership. Were they good? During tall set. So. That's awesome. Yeah, they're pretty good. I have some. I was also holding a rose in one hand. So. It was very much like a moment where it was like, this is not how Mothership usually goes. Yeah. <laughs> so that is exactly what inspired the theme of today's show. Which is? Club hymns. Club hymns. Club hymns <laughs> and uh, what is it? Transcendental moments in our personal experience. Sure. You know, in nightlife. Or, yeah, I okay. guess around music. Nightlife. Nightlife. Yeah, yeah, I'm back from my hiatus or whatever, I guess. Welcome back. You know. Previously living in the day. Went, went. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. I have no words, everybody. You see how I get treated on my own show? We love you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought, I mean, of course... I could do the typical interviewer thing and be like, tell me about your writing process of your latest release and, you know, who are your influences? Well, yeah, but I'm number one, a stan. Number two, that's not this show. Yeah, I mean, you already know. You already know the answers. Well, I want to know something because you said it off mic. We just heard With Others uh, by Board Lord. It's off her new album, Name It. And she mentioned that it almost wasn't on the album. Can you say more about that? Oh, yeah. There was like... um. God, I don't know how much I should say, but there was a compilation that was um, mm. in the works. It was some kind of like, we're, it was like, I don't know. It was like some, we're going to raise some funds for trans women in some kind of way thing. Um, and it was like, it invited a bunch of like 
like girls I know. So it's like it, it seemed pretty good on the mm. surface, but I did not like the person who was originally organizing it. But I was like, whatever, I'll small on my pride. Because even though I don't like this girl, we're raising, we're like coming together for a good cause, like whatever, which I've done a, a few times, you know, sure. like you're not going to like every single one of your peers. Um, Damn. But then like a huge controversy came out about her and her like scamming and like stealing money from a bunch of people. Huh. I think hey. I know who this is. Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> I um, read Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it just like, you know, it was dead in the water, but I made this track for it and it was like, I've been, I didn't been playing it out and it was just like, it was, it was just always working. And I was like, I kind of felt anyway like as i was making the album that it fit in and i was like kind of like i'm i'm gonna have to email them eventually and be like i'm taking back this track but then the controversy happened and i was like cool now i now i can just throw it on there. there um because i wasn't i wasn't really sure i was like literally asking around like have you ever taken back a song that you've submitted you know damn but i tweaked it too i like made it a lot long i made all the songs like a lot longer than the original yeah. Okay, pop off. That's great though. You couldn't. You, I mean, I wouldn't have thought that it was plucked from somewhere else. It fits really at home with the rest of the track. Yeah, I mean, I, I just like. I guess this would be like almost two years ago now. Just started writing a lot different, and it was just like it fit in really well. Oh yeah. I was uh, saying that I was listening to it while doing my laundry this morning, and I I heard the track drop, and I heard that sample, and I said, "Oh, that's the one," and I was just stuck. Oh yeah, leaning fun. over a washing machine, like, damn. Fun fact that like no one knows who that girl is. Like, like on... the sample. Yeah, it's from um, what is it? Uh, the realm. It's like a classic rave track, and mm -hmm. like people have sampled it like a thousand times. You've heard the like, your mind, your body, and your soul. Like, oh that... yes, something for your, your mind. mind. Yes, yeah, so it's from the yeah. same little oh, thing. Um, I love that jungle track. Also. Yeah, there's like, I mean, I like, I've heard different parts of that like her acapella sampled a thousand times, but no one knows who she is. Like someone tried to like hunt her down and stuff. And like they find like her first name or something like that, but it's like she never did anything else. And it was just like very much like a random night in the studio kind of thing. So I bet she's a listener. We know you're listening. Oh yeah, no, hey. no, I doubt it. <laughs> she wasn't responding to like a, like a huge article. Like she's definitely, she has no idea. Come back wherever you are. I mean, it's honestly, I think almost more iconic to just like Disappear. anonymously make one of the like more most famous like uh, like acapellas of like rave music. It, no one knows who you are and you just like never claim it and you just kind of like dip out and go into the. Damn, I've had thoughts of doing that with music, but I was like, nah. You're, too, you're in too deep now. No, There's I was always like. room for anonymity, create an alter ego, make seven albums under it and for sure. never associate yourself with it. That's why I love MF Doom. But then everyone's like, we all know it's Daniel Dumile. And we're like, damn, we do. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what? It's like anyone who becomes super popular under an enemy, like usually people are, like reveal themselves even, you know? Who would be stupid enough to use their actual name? Mm. <laughs> damn, I, I looking honestly, at all of us like, damn. I honestly wish I had used my real name. Okay. Really? I think about changing it all the time still. We can trade. I'll take yours. <laughs> yeah, so hi. I am Bands Lord now. Oh. <laughs> Bands Lord. We just all start using Lord like it's like uh like we're in like the germs or something or like oh, the Ramones. Oh, that's fire. 
comes like punk stuff. Other people take the band's last name, and then I'm like, oh yeah, now you're so and so J bands. Yeah. Well, should I ask a question? I'm gonna ask a question. You said you had notes. <clears throat> Opens up notebook. Lonnie's notebook is glitter, sparkles, and silver for our listeners at home. It Yo, don't be blowing beautiful. my goth cover. <laughs> Sorry. Uh yes, hello. Well, first of all, what is your leisurely music practice ritual? Leisurely music practice? What does that mean? Leisurely music listening practice. Like, what do I listen to when I'm just chilling? Or like, okay, damn. Yeah, how do you go about listening to music? Like, I know... For me, sometimes it's like when I'm commuting. Uh, yeah, definitely commuting, like traveling a lot. It like in the airport, on the plane. Um, like when I'm like being driven like two hours into a city from an airport for sure. Um, you said two hours into trains it. stuff like that. Yeah, sometimes like you'll like fly into us like to play some of these festivals. They're like way out, so like you fly in and then someone picks you up and then drives you the festival from the city so it's like usually like a pretty long drive or if you're like somewhere like london it's just like hard to get around you know oh um so really takes... london london's like yeah like driving around london is crazy oh damn well like everyone out like america's the only place i was like we need to put interstates on every square mile you know like everywhere else it's like you kind of drive on normal roads <laughs> i mean they have them for sure like the more far out you get. But if you're like in the city of London, you have to drive through the city of London most of the time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty I'm heavy. over here thinking about like, wow. But then that means in in turn, isn't it more walkable? Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously when there's not, there's all the strikes happening now for twos, but it's like, yeah, you can get around. It still takes forever, but whatever. So, uh, I, I love London. Um, But where, where else do I listen? Um, I like... I like I do puzzles a lot, like on my phone and like in on, on my kitchen and stuff. So listening to puzzles <laughs> or listening to music while doing puzzles, um, like taking a bath or a shower. Just putting on a record. Just putting on a record. Um, I don't know, having people over mm. cooking. I do it a lot while cooking. You know? That's sick. It's like either that or I'm listening to some like nonfiction shit about like geopolitics or like dance music history or some shit you know i'm just like no one is ever beating the dj allegations in this room yeah truly <laughs> damn that's crazy um, <laughs> every dj i know yeah so if i'm not listening to music i'm listening to hard facts yeah like i'm just i'm straight up absorbing information so <laughs> if i could put information in an iv i would do that yeah literally or oh like a, a spoonful supplement i can just put in my my little coffee beverage <laughs> tom has your what is your leisurely music listening ritual because we've listened to music together but we have well when i had a car it was a lot of like meandering with the car driving around oh, and, that makes sense. and listening to a lot of things oftentimes with friends in the car like bonnie um daria made a really good point about commutes actually my guest this past monday on my show uh, the lost hour here uh, was KK Shako Mai was talking about the, um, the set they brought was entirely based around like their exact bark commute. Like it was, it was the music that they gravitate towards the bark uh, during their bark commute um, from downtown to uh, East Oakland that uh, is that uh, evokes like their most explorative mindset. Mm. Um, 
And I think like commutes, trains especially, buses also, more so than planes, I would say, um, <clears throat> kind of, I, I feel like are really ripe places for like listening to stuff you don't normally listen to. Or, yeah, I think bus, uh, buses and trains, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, even when I said planes and I like, I think more so airports. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just because it's like- You're not overstimulated by the airport? Yeah, that's why, I mean, music helps me with overstimulation, I think. Headphones, yeah, fully. Yeah, I'll put my headphones in and it's like, allows me to just like walk wherever I have to go and just like sit and wait and not feel like really overwhelmed by people around me. I would also just add that it's really wonderful to hear that there are people listening to nonfiction podcasts and informational things. Um, I strictly listen to comedy podcasts. I, do, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to learn a single thing. I want <laughs> to be washed over with like trans women like yelling fuck and cock and like hitting like noise soundboard buttons and uh, I, I don't want to think. Honestly, I couldn't do podcasts for a long time because I just <laughs> thought that every podcast was just people riffing and I was like, I don't think I can sit and listen to two people riff without chiming in. Oh, oh sure. I used to yell at podcasts. Yeah, I just when... feel like I was like that just unlocks this part of my brain that makes me the most crazy person ever, which is just like <laughs> yelling at two people who are recorded themselves talking. Like it's just <laughs> not. But then when I hear them make me laugh and I laugh and I feel like I'm part of the conversation because <laughs> I laugh. Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I have trouble with it. I, mean, I almost choke. My partner, like Jalen, does it all the time. Like when they're in the car, we were listening to one in the car actually. Oh, like a podcast where it's like, like gay people just yelling at each other. Okay, so it's funny. <laughs> Which because... I guess, what is this? <laughs> yeah, you know. We're not yelling yet. We're not yelling yet. <laughs> okay. We're going to yell on Saturday. <laughs> we will, oh, I will oh yeah, come to, come to the show on Saturday. At it's F8. definitely in the show notes. Um, Yeah, see, I was, I was punctual. I'm just going to say it like 10 times. Come to the show. The link is is in the motherfucking broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, and I said the F word. Also, wow, also, this is the first time I've said the F word on this show in a long time. Wow. Congratulations. Fuck! <laughs> it's the Name It release party. It's Board Lord new album release party at F8 and SF. It starts at 9 p.m. and you can get tickets on RA, which we linked in yeah, the description. It also goes till 3 a.m., but if you sure get there is. late, we will charge you more money because... Pay us. Friends first. Trans inflation. Yeah, trans inflation. <laughs> oh, I love. Wait, the it, trans tax. Also, just more of an incentive to like get you in the room. That too. That too. That too. Not um, the also, we like tax. sold all these pre-sales and like we had these like really high numbers on Resident Advisor, and then suddenly today, it the like RSVPs on Resident Advisor, just on the page, uh, like Drop. dropped in half. I talked to Tall about it. I'm, it's a glitch. It, if the tickets are already sold, then the tickets were yeah, sold. Yeah, I mean, we have like more tickets sold than RSVP, but the RSVP was much larger than the pre-sales, obviously. Um, oh, that does sound like a big glitch. Yeah, okay, it was a crazy glitch. I was like, RA's IT trying department. To, yeah, RA's trying to censor us and make hey. us look like small potatoes, but... I am a big potato, in fact. We're a big potato. In, <laughs> in the physical sense, I am a large potato. <laughs> Also, it's just funny. I feel like this in like the, the other F8 event too, where it's just like no bias is literally just buddies. And like, how are we selling tickets when it's just, for y'all to just come see us all hang out? Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, what you don't know will be happening before the show. We're all just kicking it with gumbo. I think, uh, no, no, God, I'm going to sound so woo woo, but music is felt, it's not just heard. So, and that's, I mean, literally what your whole album is about. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I it's just like, it doesn't always hanging out. People are like, yeah, I want to come to that. I just feel, um, 
I don't know. I mean, I just feel like people can be so strategic and like a lot of scenes aren't really built on any, or I mean, I guess they intentionally I mean, and the good ones are, and I, I definitely yeah. see them all the time. I'm not saying this is like, we're doing it better than anyone else, but it's just like, it's funny how sometimes just like the coolest shit that you do. And honestly, most of the cool shit that I, I'm involved in now is literally just like people I actually fuck with, like on a, yeah. on a genuine, like personal level, nothing to do with the music, you know? Oh yeah. Hundred percent. I think I'm still it, like, learning what my musical process is in terms of making because so much of it was like if I had have just spent time alone and not listened to my friends. But it's like you can have your own individual music process, but then it's like when it comes to like playing shows or like putting out a record or blah blah blah, like there's usually that, all like yeah. it feels like you're supposed to be strategic, but I honestly especially like the last few years have not been at all i've just been very protective like i'm like i'm only working with people i fuck with and that's just like it's somehow worked out fine you know like i'm just yeah. like not doing just like oh you don't actually have to do all these things people tell you to do you can just like make music with your friends and just chill i do feel like when it comes to the making process right now because I have to figure out what I like again. Like, yeah, I feel like every three years Dubstep. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm a person. Dubstep era incoming. Yeah. No, more footwork coming though. That's and good. definitely Love like, that. I don't even have a genre for this. It's just music. And it's just- Just make double cup again. It's just, it's soundscapes. Like I really love sound design and music and I've been listening to a lot of compilations mm -hmm. where there are artists that we're familiar with. Like there's this track by Interplanetary Criminal called uh, Loss of Self-Identity. And it's not, it's not UKG. It's nothing like dubby at all. It's just, honestly, like it just, just sounds like, like 15 some... splice loops. <laughs> No, it just sounds like some like really weird dark techno. And it's yeah. not 160 BPM. It's like a smooth, maybe 142. I know he's like been getting into like hard house and shit like that. Like this is know. nothing like this. And I, it's garage. There is um, there's a Coco Bryce song, Garage. <laughs> there's a Coco Bryce song that uses hand drums and it's it, it's giving tribal techno vibes. And I was like, whoa. Like, what the fuck? Like, on the same compilation that I'm talking about. Yeah. If you are wondering what I'm talking about, go to the last episode of this show. Is it the comp you showed Christina and I at bars? What? The comp you showed Christina and I at bars? Yes, Bart? evident yeah, where. So. Totally. I've been obsessed. Cool. But I was thinking about that where I'm like, wait a minute. With, there are things that people do that they are known for, but then there's also your secret third thing. You know? or your secret other thing. And I'm like, I don't know if I have any one thing that I just do. Everything is a secret third thing for me and I should be okay with that well, <laughs> for I myself. I will say personally, like I used to really be like a 15 different skills kind of bitch. Like I did like animation and graphic design and like music videos and like blah, blah, blah. Like, wait, 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 wait. I used wait. to produce for singers and I used to sing myself. I used to be in bands and blah, blah, blah. Like I did a bunch, a bunch of stuff, but it's like when I kind of just focused a little bit, it's like everything kind of really came together, to be honest. And not to, not to discourage people from doing multiple things, but like if you come Find them more so than try to have like 
several different artistic identities just let yourself be one artistic identity it's like it's easier for you to go deep you know in this I chronology it sounds like that you did all those things and that resulted in you amalgamating them into the one thing that you do yeah i mean i honestly i don't do a lot of them now anymore but how i first started figuring it out was i, I just started combining them all and i was like okay it's all one thing now and but yeah i don't know i think i personally just had a thirst for how deep can i go to get to a point where i'm like so deeply in something that it's like i can't give it up yeah. no that means i'm a fucking dj oh brother this guy stinks <laughs> well you love djing and like you've been doing it for a long time so just like i've been what? doing it for almost 10 years yeah keep going <laughs> Go on, ah! keep going sorry but damn it is the thing that stuck the longest, and it's the thing I did not anticipate doing. Yeah, I, I never, I honestly never, you could never tell me. Someone showed up at my house and thought that the tractor uh, S4 Mark II was a MIDI controller, and then they're like, wait a minute, these are turntables, and then I just started fucking with them, and they was just like, I was using the tractor demo, I got fired from my job two days later, and used my last paycheck to buy this person a ticket back to the city they came from in trade for the decks and then I bought tractor. Period. Also like what who's who's sent soloing in the background right now? This is crazy. Oh, this is um Oh, it's Calm Trues. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I was about to say, listen. A Thady of Taste. For uh, the talking background. I used to get so high and listen to Calm Trues. There's a sec, yeah. I, I mean, I, lo I, I love that era when, like, it was just, like, a bunch of dudes who were, like, the 80s are back, you know? Like, we're playing yeah. synth now. The first oh, time I yeah. heard Vaporwave, I was like, how do I get there? I, mean, I don't know. Vaporwave was dark dark times. I love her. Va no, Vaporwave was super dumb. Bunch of neo-fascists in that fucking world. <laughs> Dark, dark place. Love synth though. Bonnie, can I ask you a question? Yes. You ever cried in the club before? I'm gonna cry in the club on Saturday. I'm so excited. Okay, I which brings me. Definitely cried. <laughs> okay, which brings me to the the real question of the the hour, the two hours, but the hour. First or favorite transcendental nightlife experience? Go. First or favorite? I have to look up what transcendental. I might be using the word wrong, but no, I'm sure it. you are. You're using it right. I just want to know what it means before you answer the question. I'm trying to think. Blink Banshee. Yes. Yeah. How? Get out! What is your your experiences? I, I okay, for the listeners at home who are maybe as dumb as I am, transcendental is uh, an adjective that is relating to a spiritual or non-physical realm. Exactly. That's all oh, she said. What she said. God, first, the first one, that's maybe tough. Um, There's probably something in the woods. I mm -hmm. think generally just like being outside is what got me into rave stuff and kind of made me connect to it better. I don't, honestly, I don't know if it was like a rave. I think just performing music and like my mom being a like, my mom's like super, super Wiccan pagan lady who was like a high priestess for a temple for a long time. Um, 
and um yeah just like i don't know that you know like just understanding that like dancing to music in a circle outside is like incantations yeah it's just like the oldest fucking thing people do you know it's just like that's like it's like next to eating like people ate fucked and like danced in circles like that's just like beginning of time charismatic movement in unison with others exactly so (laughs) i don't know i think the first time i went to a rave like outside and it just like clicked you know i was like this is like what we're supposed to do as people you know um but i think the deeper it got it more got into like putting it in my own practice which i think took time took a few years but then like obviously like linking up with t for t love energy um and doing events with them i feel like it didn't really like it's like it was just it felt casually a part of the practice and then i think like finally doing really intense longer sets from there where it's like I don't know favorite is kind of hard because i just feel like each one is like all in its own little bubble i get that but it's like i remember the first time uh like faye did the envelope sound thing um and it was like sage it was like me sage julian right yes um so like introspect and bashing goat for those who don't Shout out. No, yeah. No, uh, first names. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love how, yeah, that, that's that's what this show definitely is. We, we use everyone's first names, and yeah. then we go, oh, yeah, you might know them as. Yeah. A, but, little, a little producer called and I mean, Goat. Yeah. <laughs> Faye, who is faded. And mm-hmm. envelope, yeah, envelope, enveloper? Envelope. Mm-hmm. Envelope sounds system or whatever. Um, so that was, like, for a spring solstice event too so it's like it was all tying together pretty well at that point and she was just kind of like i want y'all through to play like y'all pick the times right like y'all decide when y'all want to do this and i was like i want to hand it off to sage and then like i think julian should take like late the latest slot right and i just remember like just like my set feeling really euphoric watching sage really like maybe the first time i saw sage really just like tear it up you know Like, and I feel like that was maybe the first time she got it, you know, like she understood the assignment in a real way. And then like literally while Julian was playing, I felt like there was like an aura like beaming off of him. And I was not on drugs. I was was like, I was damn sober. As a sober person, I feel like that every time I go to see Julian. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was just like, he's in the woods. We're like literally in the middle of the Redwoods forest. He's spinning, he's just going like, super hard and it's just like all these red lights are glowing and we're just like being heathens in the fucking woods like i don't he was just like it was just magical and i was like this is i think that was like really like what that was like last last summer i think it was Mm. i think it was last summer um oh shit and i just was just like oh this is like definitely like forever part of the practice like carry carrying this with me everywhere i go because then we did the same one this year and it was like sage or, or introspect beige um eris and maya and me and i did i played last this time in the like order mm-hmm. um so i like had like a whole different pass off and it was also like this very spiritual thing and i played breakbeat hardcore and jungle the whole time <laughs> so fire but, um, 
I don't know, like whenever I've played like really long sets, I feel like that's when it really gets me. Where I cry, like I'll end up crying. I'll I end up like- I love a crying DJ set. I'll end up like thinking about people in my life in a way that I wouldn't normally, you know, like, I don't know. Like for some reason, the more, it's, that's why I really like longer DJ sets, which I know is like a place that like takes a second to get to if you really want to get to like a place where it's like intentional, not just like you playing your whole, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is like something that's intentional where you can like figure out how to build it up over time. It's just like, yeah, it becomes really personal. It's like, I start playing songs that's like, this is making me think of my partner. This one makes me think of my mom. This one makes me think of my best friend, you know, like, mm. and yeah. Like, I mean, you were saying how like people can feel, they don't just hear it, they feel it, you know? Yeah. And I feel like if you put, Damn. if you put like the intention into it, like, cause that's all that like spirituality is, it's just like intention, you know? Like, it doesn't really matter what you pray for, but it doesn't matter that you pray. Mm-hmm. You know? It does. Great answer. Damn. Because I didn't... Okay, so I wrote these questions, but I intentionally did not think about my own answers to them because real-time, real-time responses. Tom, I want to hear your transcendental. Sure. Um, First was, or fave? Well, I, I haven't really been DJing a very long time. Um, or really like immersed in the, um, like the rave scene from like a point of view of like organizing it mm -hmm. for a really long time, more than like a, uh, not even two years yet. Um, I think of uh, the first thing that came to mind is 2019 or 18 at uh, I think it was either it was a Batcave event or Chilita Vinyl Club. I know that's different, very different, but they were at the knockout. Um, and I was just with my friends who are my best friends since the beginning of college. I've known each other like eight or nine years. And I think like we're dancing to Alice DJs like better off alone. And yes. I'm doing like a limbo in the middle of people. And like I used to be a very um, uh, flamboyant dancer um, and I loved attention. And I was like doing that thing where like you bend backwards until you hit the floor with like your legs bent back. Yes. <laughs> um, and then some, like my best friend pulled me up. Um, I have a very vivid memory of that. I think that's, um, I don't know, it predates DJing or music or any vested interest in the creation part of it. And just like um, having a really like loving time with people who like I've experienced transcendental moments with completely outside of that environment. Uh, when I think of DJing, the first thing that came to mind is wet, obviously. Um, mm. uh, particularly the Winterfest in March in Yo, Richmond. I um, knew it. it that, I feel like the transcendental, the foundation of that was like over 24 hours of work. Like we started prepping for it the day before at Underground Bar, um, like painting things and decorating. And we all loaded the cars together and got there. The rave was 10 hours long and like people stayed the whole time. It was also raining. People stayed through the rain. Like it was 6 a.m. and there was still like 40 people there. Um, so good. Yeah. Uh, the sun was out. Like. We're getting drenched on as we're cleaning up, but I I just remember like everybody in succession. Um, it was a it was a B two B fest, and so it was people from Wet connecting and playing with people who they really connect to or they really admire. I got to play with Bash and Goat, um, and uh, I don't know. It, it just I think the duration of it and the time of it. I was I was really in awe for like days after that any anybody cared to come or that I even had so many people around me that were willing to put the energy into it. Uh, it, it felt like it really took it to a place that wasn't just um, 
here, I guess. It's really beautiful. Thank you. I also love that, like, you were speaking on, like, the morning, you know? Because mm. I think that's, like, one thing that, like, having these, like, longer extended parties can really, like, lend mm -hmm. itself to that, like, a bar will never fulfill, you mm -hmm. know? Is that, like, the extensiveness? And we're also talking about, like, transcendental, like, being able to, like, dance for hours. Exactly. To the point where you're just, like, like you have to be on something or like you're just like you're just so high off of like being around people it's just like it's you're in a trance yeah you know yeah. and i will say I, I, I was sober for the matter of it but hitting the morning is that i would also just add just because we talked about like um daria mentioned like playing a long set evokes like feelings about people in your life yeah um this wasn't necessarily a, a transcendental night it was a really beautiful night it was a wonderful night it was um the s talk show for no bias um in august at underground with kelly mothbot and tall richard um, and I was playing last and I, I was playing and there was a lot of friends there, which is nice. It's nice and underground. It's a space that's very narrow. And so it's nice to see people that, you know, but I looked into the crowd and I saw my best friend, Lindsay. And when I looked again, she wasn't there. And I realized it made no sense that she was there because she works a nine to five. Like she was definitely in bed, but like for a moment, I just like saw her in the crowd and Aww. it like, they really like moved me a lot. And the next day she called me cause she calls me every couple days. Um, I love you, Lindsay, if you ever listen to this, but I just was like, you weren't like, you didn't come into underground for like five minutes last <laughs> night, did you? And she was like, no. And I don't know. I just had this moment where like, I, I like very vividly like saw her standing, like looking at me, smiling. Um, I don't know. And I, I'm, yeah, that's it. I mean, like I always uh, talk about like the friends thing. I mean, I like always play a lot of my friends music mm -hmm. as like a way to be like, I miss them. They're in the room. Yeah. Like, especially when I'm traveling a lot, but then it's like underground specifically, I've had moments where it's like, during a no bias show like playing tall's track or something you know and it's and just they like, don't run out of the club yeah and everyone's like go tall kind of or like one time yeah. i was playing and like julian wasn't there because he had a different gig and i started playing one of his songs and he showed up oh like he had like ran from his other gig. you summoned him and like, yeah i literally like <laughs> while I, like it's still like the first 16 bars of his song he like runs up to the booth i'm like what the fuck is going on that's so yeah. sweet i mean i did that to you <laughs> yeah in, in april at the fool's gold rave i opened with your song i think i had come out like that day and i like altered whatever i was gonna do yeah i was gonna open it with that um hell yeah Ah, oh, damn. Should I answer my own question? Yeah, go Yes, for you it. absolutely please, should. Please, please, please. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So <clears throat> I've had plenty of transcendental nightlife moments. Um, before I started DJ, D uh, before I started DJ, before I, I became a DJ officially, I was at a lot of punk shows. Um, yeah, I used to go to music festivals a lot. Yeah. And I grew up around DJs. No. because my mom dated one my dad is a musician also um so just like seeing my parents in the club was kind of sick as a kid and it wasn't something that i necessarily aspired to but i just loved the sounds that i was around because like my dad would play like bjork and shit like that and then i would hear him and his friends like figuring out how to sample these things yeah and also just like so that felt like wow science but oh okay i think the first time that i had the kind of like feeling of i'm going to the club because i just need to like clear my head like i need to go do some fuck shit or i'm gonna fuck some shit up i flew to new york for govball and i saw outcast oh that's crazy <laughs> yeah that's and cool. i like met this guy okay what so year was this this is 2014 2014 this so this was like when they first 
started playing together again. Or like mm-hmm. that small run of shows I did. Yeah, it was their farewell. Yeah, because like I, I think at that point like they hadn't played together for like 15, 20 years or something. So the way this happened was like I'd broken up with my boyfriend at the time and the trip became a girl's trip. Post breakup outcast trip. It was Fire. sick. So yeah, we flew out. I got to go, like we went to Webster Hall the night before I met Sid the Kid in person. I tell this story enough on this show. I won't tell it again. That was funny. (laughs) I just remember we were taking the train back to our hotel at 7 a.m. All I did was change clothes and we went and got coffee and we were out. We were like, we walked, what was it? The Bronx Bridge Mm -hmm. just to get to Randall's Island Park because we had never been before. Mm. And it was just like getting there, checking in, and then just like doing a day of debauchery on Randall's Island Park. Like, I remember. And this is post the concert? This is before. This, this is, is before leading the up concert. to. The concert's on Randall's Island, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That place is crazy. It's huge. <clears throat> and so, like, we saw tons of things. Uh, I remember, was that the day we saw Disclosure? Yeah, we saw Disclosure. And that was like daytime stuff. As night was falling, we went to see Grimes. Grimes ended her set. 30 minutes early so that we could be up front for Outcast. Yeah. And she was debuting some of her newer stuff. And that was like what I was listening to at the time too. So I was like freaking the fuck out. This bitch brought out mimes. I remember like I was dancing so hard that these girls came up to me and they just started feeding me 40s and they were dancing on me. Like <laughs> I had mm. people like wrapped around and my my best friend at the time was like i don't know what this is but you were living just like summoning like she's like every time you get in the middle of a crowd and you start dancing you have a ring around you and that's what happened when we went yeah dancing is kind of contagious that's what's kind of cool about it and so at outcast it was everybody that was with us in the mob at the grime show and then we met more people and there was just this point where like they did the whole world and they brought out killer mike Oof. yeah they also brought Oof. out sleepy brown of course yeah and like we were like me and this guy looked at each other and we knew all the words and we were singing them by the end of it we were like locking arms and jumping up and down yeah and I'll never forget that. And just like also running into a bunch of people that we randomly knew from California, like on the subway and like ferry, like back into the city. Like, can I, can I like make that was such a sweet time? Can I add something in here? Because I, I think in like listening to all of our answers, I, I'm realizing like a big part of it, it wasn't just like us hearing music, <clears throat> it was like the whole process, like being with people we care about, yeah. going to a certain place and like. It's the setting. It's a place the, that I've never <clears throat> been a day in my fucking life. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I don't know. It's just something about like there's so much more to like the experience of music than just like who's playing the music or what the song is or whatever. And like I don't know. I think about this a lot when it's like at being a, being a DJ, but like, being the person that's providing the music. That's like. All you can do is just like practice and try to be as good as you can be at what you do and like passionate and like, you know, sharing yourself. But like, there's so little that so little of it has to do with you, you know, like yeah. really it's like, right. Your, your best set is going to be like right time, right place, right people. And, and that has very little to do with you, you know? 
Oh, okay. If it's just like, this shit is like so much bigger than us. It's like if... so funny people can get egos around it. <laughs> you are but a conduit. Literally. Like, no, I mean, literally. if that's not proof, it's like when we were all talking about our stories, we're like going to this certain place and being around certain people. Oh, yeah, there was music playing, by the way. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like. You know, and this is a controversial. Okay, so I think another more recent transcendental club experience that I had was like Pride Weekend last weekend, which started with DJ Swisha at Monarch. This was the first time I was able to go out after I had surgery. And I still technically had like sutures in my body and I was kind of on watch. <laughs> But it was all of our friends. We were like 10 deep. And it's funny because uh, Tal and Bert and I went camping earlier in that week. So This was last year? Mm-hmm. Last June. Okay. So like we'd only been back in town for a day. I knew I had to be up and out to leave to go to Berryessa for the day the next day at 8 a.m. I still took my ass to the club in sweats and a fucking hoodie. And we were just going crazy. Like... Almost every Bay Area DJ was in the front row from the time Black Rave Culture started. And then, like, the house packed out when Swisha went on. And, like, I just remember seeing my bosses at a gig that I got to run sound watch me, like, dance on the speaker system at <laughs> yes. Monarch. And I was like, you can trust me. It's also fun, so funny to think about, like, having, like, Monarch, it can... Or it can be the most cursed place at the same time, you know? Like, I've also, listen, I was going to say that I, that's the irony of that. But then it was just like that. I had a lot whole, of fun there, though. Same. That whole weekend, it was like that night. There were so many of us. It's like the fact that I was in the crowd dancing with Tall John to my right. Like fucking Tall CEO to my right. Literally to like. What is it? That song by is it Daniel Bedingfield? I gotta get through this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, like, and then Kenny's on my right. Or no, Tall John on my right, Kenny on my left. And like, I'm just like doing the robot in the middle of fucking Monarch <laughs> in sweatpants. Like, what? As you should. <laughs> that, that felt really nice. And that was a club experience. And that's why I was like, damn, what a great time to be a DJ and have DJ friends. I think playing as a DJ, ooh, I don't know. I have moments where I think, damn, this is why I do this and I really enjoy it. But it's sometimes, or as of late, it hasn't been in the club. It's like when I do public events, like the farmer's market, that's like actually my favorite residency. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Foodwise. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, I used to serve coffee at the ferry building and then I happened to get this gig through this radio show. And You've talked like, a lot about like that residency and like how you connect to like families walking by and just hanging out. Uh, so for Juneteenth, I got to do a series of like playing line dances in the last part of my show because I was playing electro because, OK, I start the morning with jazz and then I kind of ease people in with house music. But it's like house music that samples R&B. So I'm like. Feeding, I'm sneaking in the vegetables for the old people because <laughs> they'd be like, wait, I know that Faith Evans. I don't know nothing about her, about a Larry LeVon, but, you know, I love me some Faith. Yeah. And I'm like mm, warming them up. people love the park that they live, by the way. Like, just, <laughs> so just, I learned. Just a, just a 
I learned that reference. real quick. Yeah. Because what I did was I played the percolator, then I played twerkolator, then I played Planet Rock. Yeah. And then there was this like random <laughs> Oh, yeah, they group. love Planet Rock too, for sure. There was this random group of like break dancers that started pop locking and Fuck they yeah. started whacking and stuff. And then mm. there was a group of steppers and they're like, well, you can you play Nuck if you book? And I was like, I want a step line right in front of me. And they did it. And then, like, I closed with I Just Want to Rock because I was like, listen, Gen Z, they're going to hit a dance. They're going to hit a TikTok dance. Yeah. And this boy just got in the middle and did the whole thing. I still get chills when I talk about it. Also, yeah. I am ashy as hell. Wow. It's very real. <laughs> Listeners can't see it. I can. And I you just like, gave well. yourself away. <laughs> Hello, I am ashy. I am in my, uh, I'm in my purest form. <laughs> and... I just like started crying. <laughs> I, was, mm. I was packing up my gear. I love that. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just really emotional. It's Juneteenth. I mean, sometimes like, I don't know. Like I always like when I'm DJing, like a, a specific dancer will just like make or break my set, you know, like. Hell yeah. Like there was this time I played in Manchester earlier this year and I played this really long set. I played like a six hour set. Holy shit. Um, yes. And it was like. It's a very intense thing to take on. So I was like obviously very nervous about it. And I'm like, I think it was the most and I love this venue. It's called the White Hotel. Like I played a really incredible show there with uh, Adop and Eris True the last year. So it's like I'm I really, really want the show to go well, obviously. And so like I think I was just like I the first hour or two, I'm like definitely checking the crowd a lot, just being like, Okay, I'm about to take you on a really long journey. Are y'all with me or not? And there's this one dancer there, and they were just like First of all, gorgeous, just like super tall, great little outfit where they're like barely wearing anything, but it's still stylish. And they're just like dancing so hard. And they dance the entire six hours. Wow. Like sometimes we go out to smoke, maybe grab a drink, but they were back on the floor. Like, and they were, I was just playing to them at a certain point, you know? Like I was just like, if I can keep them, I'm good. And afterwards, we like hugged and we had this moment like, Everyone was like copying or whatever, but like they came up and like put their hands and I like went through the booth and like gave them a hug. I was like, thank you. Like you saved the set for me. Mm. And then I played, um, this is in Manchester, but I played um, this uh, festival in London. This was like this daytime thing and they had all these like dancers, what do you call it? Go-Go's, right? Ah. Um, they do that out there? Yeah, sometimes, like, especially especially for a gay event, they love. Period. They're like, let's put the like if there's a festival and they're booking like the gay stage, they're gonna put the fucking go go's up there. Give a gay job. I want to see them. Shake yeah, which some. is like Period. cool because like the, I mean, as much as I'm just like I don't know if I'm the kind of DJ that go go's work with, but like like you said, give a gay a job. I am you know, like cool, like pay them. Lord. And guess who? Guess who fucking steps up on stage as a go go? That same fucking dancer. <gasps> Yeah, I don't know. Dancers are really important. Like, again, little, very little to do with us, you know, because like you could play that same exact set. And if you didn't have the break dancers and the steppers and that kid doing it at the end, it wouldn't have fucking mattered. You yeah. would never have thought about it again. But it's like they made that, you know, I especially love when older black people come to the farmer's market mm -hmm. and they walk past the DJ booth and they said, mm-hmm, yeah. I know that's right. <laughs> because for me, yeah, like when I'm playing Hall and Oats, but then I'm going into like some like weird shit that like, I don't know, that I found on SoundCloud and they're like, yeah, I see that. Like, yeah. 
I feel like I'm bridging a gap for people that feel like they've maybe aged out of nightlife. And it's mm. also like the context of it being like before noon even. I mean, even like not even people were outside of nightlife, but like whenever I have like meet older ravers who are like there during the heyday or whatever. And like mm -hmm. if, if I get a compliment from them, like I'm just like, I'm good. Like you, you literally could not talk to me about shit. Like I'm just like my like my ego is boosted you know like there i'm like, cool. like i'm sorry i'm actually a dj like, well I, sorry that? i didn't mean to interrupt i no, wanted to finish your thought um i was just gonna say while we're on the topic of dancers and purveyors of the music that we're doing like daria said it has very little to do with us i would be remiss if i didn't tell this story um about two weeks ago i was having a really really terrible day and lonnie texted me and said, meet me on Valencia Street between 19th oh, and 20th brother. in front of this ice cream store okay. and, bring your, and, bring your, and bring your stick. I would love to shout out them, by the way. What's the name of that place? Shout out Gila. Oh my gosh. Is this it, the place you were telling me about? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I really want to tell the story. I really do because okay, it, it deserves, and, and Lonnie deserves this recognition. Okay. Um, I roll up. It's, it's damn near sunset. It's just before it started getting dark really early. The sky is actually pink. Um, and Beautiful. Lonnie is posted up and if you don't know anything about San Francisco on Valencia Street uh, on the weekends especially during this time of year they close the street down so people are just walking up and down the street Yeah. Um, and, and there's the shops put out their seating and their table and their awnings and all that and Lonnie is just posted up in the middle of the block um, playing soul and, and house <laughs> and there's people watching and eating ice cream and dancing yeah, and I saw this on your story yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um, uh, also yeah because she, she played one of your songs and I sent it to you <laughs> Um, but, uh, I, I, I joined, I got some ice cream for us. We ate it and there was a little kid there and we're talking about dan dancers or people that aren't necessarily a part of, um, the dominant or the trendy or the cloudy, whatever you want to call it, like the nightlife scene. And I feel like old ravers, elders, young people, like kids, like kids. they all fall into these categories of people that can still yes, enjoy the kids. music. Um, and there was a kid that kept coming up and asking for music. And if Lonnie had it, she played it. And it was this little seven-year-old and, and at one point he asked for the cha-cha slide and Lonnie put on the cha-cha slide and the entire block um, joined in on the cha-cha slide. That's fucking sick. She put the cha-cha slide on. The seven-year-old starts doing the cha-cha slide and people line up behind him and start doing it. And we I, start doing it with him too. I will say when I first started DJing, exactly. I would actually insets on like a, a chopped and screwed version of the cha-cha slide. <laughs> and I get, no matter where we play, we mostly play like house parties at this time, obviously. And it was like a bunch of people like, trying to be cool and at the very end we'd be like you're not cool you're doing the cha-cha slide you know <laughs> i just wanted to highlight this because there's there's space i don't know in yeah, this I'm conversation sure. like i don't know like lonnie made time for a seven-year-old and that seven-year-old like led a, a just a crowd of people walking on the street going about their day doing I the mean, cha -cha slide it's just like us. extremely important like when people say like reading the room i don't really trust that as much as the idea of just like actually trying to interact with somebody you know on yeah. a dance floor it's like mm-hmm because, like, reading the room makes it seem like you're supposed to, like, guess what everybody in the room likes. Or if they're, like, if they're not feeling it, then you should play something that is blah, blah, blah. Really, it's just, like, you if should already, you should find the people who are feeling it and just, like, really cater to them, you know? If I had done that, yeah. I wouldn't have done what I did on Saturday night when you saw me. Yeah, like, you... Because like, I walked in there and I said, I need to hear all black outfit. The Razor Rework by Kieran Loftus. And I let there be silence for a reason. Yeah. Because when I hear that, like, that little vocal and the melody of that track, mm -hmm. I'm like, yep, that's Philly Club. Yep, 
I was like, that puts me in my zone yeah. immediately. Also, there ain't no fucking way I'm not going to play some Violet Funk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember that was actually like when I saw people reacting to that. They're like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. This is Portuguese. Like, I mean, like several times when it's like, I've been, I don't know, I had to play like a side room or like some weird stage that someone's put me on. And I'm just like, I like, I, it's not like the, the perfect like alley-oop to like slam dunk a set you know it's mm-hmm. like okay like i really gotta figure out what to do here um and just played like a set that totally surprised me just because i was like i'm just gonna vibe with like people who are like and i would just keep following them in this way that wasn't reading the room it was just like there, there's a very small group of people who are like chilling with me right now mm. and i'm just gonna chill with them and what they seem to be feeling and reacting to, that's what I'm doing. I'm not going to try to be like, I need to win ev- over everybody here. Because it's like, okay, well, I can give everyone a mediocre experience or can give this small group of people like a really good experience. Reading the room suggests this like artifice of like, you're looking above everybody's heads, like trying to feel out like the wave of the room. Which yeah, is, and I just don't think yeah. it's a real thing. I think if anything, like you're already permeating something and it's like... You, it's up to dancers to catch on to it. Like when I go onto a dance floor, I don't expect a DJ to play what I want to hear. I expect to listen to what the DJ does. Wait, because as a producer, oh, ooh, okay. This just brought <laughs> up something because I'm like, you have this like, as a DJ, right? A great one, my faves. And I feel like all of this speaks to all of us. Sure. Thank you, Thomas, for filling our teacups. Oh, <laughs> to be <laughs> to be a woman on a Wednesday at noon, drinking tea and talking about Muzak. <laughs> Muzak. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think about the separate like practices, right? Because when I'm sure. making music, I don't think. Well, now when I'm making music, I don't think about other people. I think about what I am trying to express and i'm usually figuring out what the fuck i'm trying to process that is going on in my head my heart and my body at any given time and i'm like this sound sounds like boing. like you know what i mean yeah i mean i think i think there is part of me though that when i'm creating i have like kind of abs- this like subconscious want to connect with people and that's why i'm making it anyway you know it's like if I or I would just never release music, I wouldn't be a DJ. I would just sit in my room and like fiddle or whatever. But like there is this part of me that like I don't think that like I said before, it's like I think so much of DJing in is in and of itself, outside of the production, or like to tie this into the production or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like the DJing itself has very little to do with like if I'm DJing good or not. I could DJ really good if the setting is bad and the people aren't there and it's a Tuesday and it's too cold or whatever, like whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, like that has so much to do with it in the same way. I feel like with production, it's like, and as I, I am trying to reach out a little bit. I am trying to keep in mind that like, I want other people to like feel some, I want them to know that someone else feels a similar feeling to them. It is relatable. It's like, I want it. I want that connection. I think that's like a big reason I mean, for me, as someone with like a lot of social anxiety and like on the spectrum, like blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's really nice to do something that makes me feel connected to people and grounded. TNN with, with stands humanity. for Tism Noise and Newt. Tism Noise at Newt. Tism and Noise. <laughs> yeah, see, I got there. Yeah. 
but yeah she's working like, overtime <laughs> yeah because I, I don't know it's just like it, any any way i can like actually like sincerely connect with other people is, is big you know like i don't think there's like some grand way like every song i make is going to be universally accepted i think that's like discovering fire you're not going to do that intentionally but i do I, I think i am kind of like thinking about other people Bam. i want other people to like it i guess because on the like oof i guess the way i think about it and where i'm at currently oh. is because i've had people look over my shoulder throughout my entire creative process sure yeah, yeah. and now i feel comfortable enough to be like hey let me cook yeah but I've only gotten to that point because I have shared my music in progress with my friends. Yeah, sure. And it's with friends who don't necessarily make music as well as my friends who are like, you better cut that fucking sub bass. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? And I'm like... Scoop the mids. <laughs> but it's like, it's really nice because even with installation art as well, mm -hmm. with installation art, I kind of like do my thing where I like hide and work in the night and like... You'll see me cutting wood or buffering like plaster onto something. Sure. And you're like, oh, I don't know what you're doing, but I don't want to know what you're doing. I want to let you cook. Like that's something that people can be removed and observed. But when it comes to music specifically, I'm like, fuck. I really want to just execute an idea the way that I hear it in my head mm -hmm. and put it out. But when I'm listening to other people's music, I'm like, I wonder what they were thinking when they made this because this is the experience that I'm having. Sure. Or like if I like go back and listen to an interview about something that I really like and I hear the experience around it, I'm like, damn, that's kind of what I was getting from that. Yeah. It's kind of weird how that stuff translates. I'm like, that makes sense. But DJing feels like such a selfish act for me. I'm not going to lie to you. But it's funny because it's like, it's, it, I think that's, a thing a lot of people experience and i also think that like yeah sometimes djs can have some of the biggest egos out of like artists and musicians in general but it's so funny because like being a dj is so much like we said like very little to do with you like the rave the club the sound system like literally every even up to like most of the songs you're playing you didn't do anything you know like it's That's I'm like damn you're cure like you're at the end of the day you're just kind of curating like the vibes you know but and, like and occasionally you're putting finesse on it occasionally yeah, but it's like if other people aren't like if other people aren't feeling it, if other people don't bring the vibes like there's no vibes to curate you know like that part i don't know it's just like the more the deeper and deeper i get into it and the more i feel pressured to like be this like big ego entity dj thing the less it even feels like that at all to me i'm like yeah this has nothing to do with me like in order for me to go play like a big show somewhere right like say i go and i play in london whatever like or okay i'm playing in mexico city uh in december right so okay in, mom in order for that to happen like okay someone has to open the club someone has to like start a party there and like get people to start coming to this party and trusting the curator, right? Yes. That's so fucking hard. That's already such a fucking hard thing. And then on top of that, like then I have to meet this person and this person has to hear about my music and they have to make an effort to get me to play. They have to figure out the budget. They have to, and then my agent has to do all this work. My agent's like talking to somebody, blah, 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 doing that. Then like, you know, like 
what I have to do, I have to get on a plane, I have to get there, and blah, blah, blah. And then I play the show. But there's all this other fucking work. There's like fucking security people, sound people. I'm a sound you know, people. Bar- bartenders. Like those people are almost working harder than I am, I'd, I'd say, you know? And like, and the people who are out there fucking dancing their fucking ass off for like five hours, you know, they're That's doing work. more work than me DJing for one, you know, like. You're not wrong. I just think it's like, it's so funny that it's like all the center of attention is on the DJ and I get it. I'm not, I'm not downplaying the skill set because I, I do think that it is like a skill that if you do well, it is a unique skill to learn. Oh, but, 10 out of 10. But I just think there's so many people working, you know, there's so much work done and it's like honestly like more than anything i think like or or, like people who throw events are like doing god's work you know wow you know what's funny because i work in event production i mean you see me at work that's the hardest shit like i was in that like i've been in cruise i've helped i like i I, just curating this thing for like saturday i'm just like god i fucking hate this shit you know it's just like but you know what's so funny because you always see me at work whether i'm running sound yeah or whether i'm like doing house management you know that shit's hard yeah and i think it's funny because um my favorite shows that i've that i've worked okay if we're going to talk about a transcendental club experience pride weekend this year okay wow yeah that'll be the full circle moment because and then we should play a couple records wait didn't you come when i was djing you showed up, right? Because because we you gave oh, me okay. Yeah. So, Talk about okay. transcendental. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can I? Can I? Can I? Yes. Go. So Friday night of Pride Month, I got to meet Susie Analog. Hi, Susie. Oh yeah, because she was at the show, right? Yeah. I was personally Susie's. asked to work that show because they were like, "Hey, you really take care of folks at the rave that, was that a cool, we throw that's, here." That was like a really cool event too, and like Susie is like a treasure, like literally a national treasure. But it's funny because the week before I was playing with Fieta at Digi Divas and I told her, I was like, I'm working the event. Do you need help with anything? Blah, blah, blah. Like, is there anything I can pass along? I'm going to be doing house management. And she looked at me and she goes, hmm. She's like, maybe. And I was like, just let me know. I was like, you have my number. Because she was stressed out, but she was just like, I don't know. I have to figure out a couple of things. I'll let you know. And so I get to work that night and she goes, do you have your USB? And I said, what the fuck? Because <laughs> I did tell her that I am a Susie stan. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you're going to go on right after Susie. <laughs> so I ended up playing and I played some unreleased music of my own. Oh, yeah. But it was funny because I, I asked, I said, you're at 160 BPM, right? And she goes, mm hmm. And I just drop like Renegade by Terrorist. Mm. And she goes, that's crazy. Like, I hear that. (laughs) But I put bees in the trap over it because that's what they sampled originally. And then like, I didn't realize it. But like, if anybody has never been to Counterpulse, it's a dance stage on the main stage. So it's really soft. So when when everybody starts moving, it feels like the world is caving in underneath yeah, it's kinda, you. It's kind of scary. Like the decks kind of feel like you're kind of feel like you're on a boat or something. That <laughs> shit made me so excited for some reason. So I'm like, Aah! and then afterwards, people were just like, you're a fucking menace. And I was like, I feel like, don't you work here? And I was yeah. like, 
yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I like run away. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go like pick up cans, make sure people aren't peeing in the smoking area. Bye. <laughs> that was such a lovely night. But then to go and see everybody that I like that I was working with the night before at Stone Love because we saw Bebe and I wanted to shit my pants. Uh, hi. Hello. Such a fan. Yeah. I'm stressed out. Some okay. really cool women. Susie and uh, Kumi are both. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Reliving this is making me so sad that it's not June again. <laughs> it was such a, oh, it was so fun. And to see like, I don't know, this was the first Pride where I was around this many black femmes just mm. like cutting the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I was like, where did we all come from? Like, what's happening? And then to hear all the black girls be like, I'm going to see Board Lord. I was like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Period. And where did I end up? Because I was for surely going to go to bed. I, could, I didn't. I think Kumi and Susie both came that night. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we came from the same. We all came from okay, the same cool, place. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to the Pride Show. Bar part time. Board Lord did a full vinyl set. Um, I have no reason to go there other than that. I don't drink wine. I hate pride. Um, uh, I'm going to say a slur. Talk, no, for real, but talk about a transcendental experience of just being surrounded by like people I just love very deeply while uh, Daria guided us through some really, like I don't know, some feelings. Wearing that dance floor was moving. There was a current. Yeah. It was cool. I yeah, pull up I, and Daria I played this. only house music for like four hours <laughs> she played a six minute what is it the banji edit of the pleasure principle yeah that is my favorite janet jackson song of all time Period. also she hands me a 12 inch of the first cassette i ever owned janet jackson's control yeah and i'm carrying this record around for the rest of the I night just, like, and everyone's like <laughs> where'd you get that record i was like daria and they're like oh like people were shaking my hand <laughs> like that's special <laughs> i'm like I called my dad the next we day. We were just like singing at each other, and it was just like I don't know. I was just having it was a special night. Yeah, you know? it was such a good night. I called I my dad the next day, and he's like, "Board Lord." Yeah, my dad should record your DJ tag to sing. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. My DJ tag, start DJ tagging everything, all my productions. Yep, exactly. We're, Board Lord. We're like we're going back to like the DJ drama era of rap. I mean, speaking of yeah, like we were saying, transcendental, like as DJing, like. I think that was like a set, particularly a like an approach that I learned through T for T Love Energy. Not just Eris and Maya, just like everybody mm. and seeing how they all work. Because I knew that I was like, if it's bar part time, it's Pride, and if we want to do like Pride in a real way, like a way that's like not about like you know like weird corporate nonsense or whatever, just like people in a room. We're queer, loving each other, holding support for each other, who are who are in actual community, not just like in the same scene, just like actual community with each other. And I was just like, okay, what, what, like, artistically, not even artistically, just like you know, if we're talking about trans, like spiritually, where do I want to be in that, you know? And I really wanted to there. tap into that like slower, deeper, romantic side of uh dance music and just like let myself play like you said like six minute ten minute versions of songs just like really just let people dance and like like i saw so many people kissing like mm -hmm. someone was fucking on the dance floor like these two yes. lesbians were fucking on the dance floor and then i w also like 
all these other DJs who had gigs that weekend show up and it's just like people I've known for years, like Susie and Kumi are both people I've known for a long time. And like we've, I also have a weird history of running to them in multiple, like me and Susie have pictures in like LA, Miami, North Carolina. Like, That's literally what she said. Yeah, She's like the like, first time I ever came to San Francisco was at the stud and me and Daria played a pride party. Yeah, there. yeah. We, we played at uh, the stud like, yeah, 2000. 18 something like that so and like kumi like yeah we've run it we've played in like barcelona at the same time or like uh we played in uh scotland uh, glasgow at the same time i'm literally about to start crying we were in paris at the same time and shit like this like i went and saw her play in paris like so it's like yeah i don't know it was just this very weird like full circle moment where it's like this is like what happens when you dj for a long time kind of vibes you know like no, for like, real. And it's so deep that it's like you can like really bring people in the same room in a way that, again, had very little to do with me at that point. You know, I was just kind of like the you like. You were the thread. Conduit. Yeah, I was the conduit. I was you just were like, the common thread because everybody that I knew, like I was getting text messages like, didn't you say you were going to be out tonight? I said, I said I was going to the day party. Yeah. I said, y'all saw me leave work at 6 a.m. How the fuck did I? I also had a daytime gig before doing pride festivities because you know and i was djing ironically i had to dj at noon that day and it wasn't anything pride no, related it was just um it was a corporate anniversary party yeah no i was just sorting records all day <laughs> oh yeah because i messaged you i was like what time and you're like here's the door uh here's the door password oh yeah i made a cute door password and stuff too i mean love I, for love. I did i did Played there again during uh, some other gay holiday. What was it? Folsom. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah. I. That was also fun. I stepped outside for an hour. I really turned that place into something it's not. <laughs> yeah, sapphic and horny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think of natural wine as horny at all. No, but it's like, honestly, it seems like such like an old, like almost Greek kind of sapphic we thing where it's the just like there. we're all drinking natural wine and like dancing to house and like that's where the figs should be yeah like w literally people <laughs> should be eating fucking fruit you know like i mean the environment whether or not it's queer it lent itself to your like romantic vision for the night yeah for honestly. sure and i just think like yeah cool I, I love doing that i also just like love finally having a reason to play all these records that you know it's like one of those things where it's like always just always just get the song you know, mm -hmm. it's like it doesn't matter if you like if it fits into what you're doing right now. If you love the song, one day you'll find a reason to DJ it, mm. you know, me and, and all of the records I've inherited. Yeah, this is like I've been sitting on some of those records. Some of the, a lot of those records were the first time I ever played them out in front of people. I just like collected them because I love them. Like, I don't like I have. I don't know. Like You're the, making me ponder my life again. Also, if we're going to talk about another transcendental moment where Daria is involved, um, <laughs> what did I do this time? What did I do this time? I think this is like the second time we've had we had a conversation just like in the club. You come and sit down. We're at Starline before you play your low tech set. And you're like, how you doing? Oh, yeah. And I was like, uh. and you're like that good. <laughs> and you would ask me how old I am. And I was like, I'm 28. And you said, you're about to go through your Saturn return if you're not already in it. Yeah. And I said, yeah, and I said, I think I'm prepared. You said, yeah, you say that. <laughs> like, you're like, see what? you on the sides, sucker. She goes, 
what's your moon and rising? I said, yeah. also Virgo, rising Gemini. Yeah. And then you looked and said, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go play drum and bass now. <laughs> yes. And then also played the track that I opened with when I played low tech. Which, which during one? your uh, during your set, it was incredible. By burial. Oh, um, no, I didn't play burial. I thought you did. Not burial. Um, incredible. Yeah, no, it's, it's not even a song by burial. No, it's not burial. Oh, what is it? Uh, this is so essential. We find out. Anyway, I just want to say shout out to Low Tech and Soinato. Um, yeah, shout out to Soinato. And furthermore, Lon Lonnie, shout out to you for giving us the space to talk about these moments. I feel like otherwise I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity to reflect on some of these things. So I'm really grateful for you inviting us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to queue up this vinyl I'm donating to your collection while you guys wrap up. Okay. Yeah, Thank you so it. much. Because I was about to say, I definitely want to play a track. What What is this, Tom? Oh, shit. <laughs> um, it's Chris J. I can't really read however they labeled it. Yeah, it's anybody's guess what this is saying. Stat, Statra, Statra by Chris J. It's got a... Uh, uh, it's got a tribal funk to it. We're going to listen. Yeah, it's got a, a sticky note on it that says tribal funk. Oh, that's me labeling it when I was giving it to Oh, okay, that's your label. Cool. <laughs> All right. I, I kind of oh, lo love when, like, I, I, I buy from a record store and the stickers just stay on there for too long. I love how every time something great happens in the studio, <laughs> I, you can probably hear me collapsing behind the board. Ah, uh, yes. So, well, we have about 10 minutes. Oh, great. So, we'll play the record, and then we'll officially sign off when it ends. This is Lonel J. Bands. Um, I'm Tari Lord, aka Board Lord. Oh. My name is Tom. Thank you for listening to BFF.FM. Thank you for listening to Talking Noise at Noon. Exactly. Come to the show um, this Saturday from 9 to 3 a.m. at F8. It is my album release party. And yeah, go listen to my album. It's called Name It. It's on T4T Love Energy. Um, it's a double vinyl you can buy. There's slip mats for your record player you can buy. And I think if you come to the party this weekend, we might even sell merch. This is like There's an, oh. There might even be merch. So what? yeah, just come through. Oof. Okay. Mic's off.
Whoopsie, we're gonna run that back. Ha ha ha, friends. Wicked, wicked, jungle is massive. Wicked, wicked, jungle is massive. Wicked, wicked, jungle is massive. Wicked, original. Well, big up, all the original jungle is massive. The original dancehall jungle is there. General, leave you alongside the MB. The world is in trouble. I will tell a murderer. It goes, I am the Come for my 